And welcome to the PHLY Eagles podcast on a Wednesday morning. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, back from the West Coast. Lots to talk about here as the Eagles try to turn the page to the final three games of the season. We've got some news to talk about, Zach. We've got to get your uh, fully baked thoughts of uh, what happened on Monday night. What has happened since? We want to talk about Jalen Hurts. We want to talk about the defensive coordinator decision, some of the things that we've learned, how have our thoughts on that whole process changed. We got to go over the results to Goose Wisely, all that good stuff. Most of all, we got to know, without you, how did the basketball team do on Monday night? <laughs> I, I didn't know we were leading with that. They lost uh, at the buzzer. At the buzzer? Again. Yes. Uh, tough, a, a tough loss. Is there a buzzer or is it you played to a score? No, there's a buzzer. Oh, there, okay. Yeah, there's a buzzer. So, tough loss. Like truly a buzzer beater? That's how it was described to wow. me. It wasn't there. Tie game or they were down by one? and uh, Tie game. Oh, okay. So, they held for the last shot. The other team held for the last okay. shot. I think for quite a bit. There's no shot clock. Oh, oh yeah. so this is a bit of a chicanery. Like, like a two-minute hold? Like a... 60-second hold? What do we yeah, think? I, I need to find out all the details. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's no there's no box score that okay. I, can, I can look up here. But tough 0-3, but that just that just means the comeback's going to be even more exciting when it happens. Are you worried that uh, you know, you're going to get promoted upstairs from uh, running the rotations? Like, are, are, we, are, we, are we looking at a Desai-Patricia situation? <laughs> I certainly hope not. Okay. Um, in that case... I would just I just go to the games and not do anything I guess, <laughs> um, which you can start shooting. Yeah, yeah, that that could be a change. Although I don't think the game would be as close if I start shooting. Uh, in the other way, not not in a positive way, but um, yeah, I, I I guess the thing that my team has in common with the Eagles is that we both lost our last three games. Wow, wow, shots fired, but true. It's true. Uh, how were your uh, how were your travels? Games. My travels were, were, were fun. It was great. Um, I love Seattle. It's a great city. Uh, I wasn't there that long, but enough to... I, the, the cool part is, honestly, I, I've met so many... or Not so many. I met a number of loyal listeners and viewers um, at different parts of the day. Met up with uh, four before the game on Monday. And it's just awesome hearing their feedback, uh, hearing how, how much they enjoy you. And... Uh, I had some some decent food in in Seattle. My wow, last time in decent. Seattle, yeah, my last time in Seattle was uh, better. I was a little uh, frustrated. I I love I love uh, shellfish. Okay, like fresh or like fresh seafood, that, sure. that that kind of thing. And so I went to a place for lunch on uh, when I landed on Sunday, and I was excited. You know, there was a lot of places closed because it was like 11 a.m. Sunday, and so I'm looking for a place, and it's it's like Matt's fish or whatever. I I don't want to call out the place. Um, but wait, wait, is that not the name? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> let's say let's say Julia's fish or Bo's fish. I I don't know. Someone's fish market. One of your um, brother's names. Yeah. Uh, and I go to it. I'm excited for it. Uh, but it's all fried. 
It's mm. not the same. Like I wanted, um, I wanted your, your oysters or your shrimp or your crab, whatever it may be like from the Pacific Northwest. Okay. If you can fry it, it's the, if you fry it, it's the same as it is anywhere else. Right. Well, it's, not necessarily. I think yeah. you can, you know, the fresher is still better, but yeah. So, uh, and, and, but then I, I had, I had a halibut for dinner on, uh, <laughs> give you a whole thing. Yeah. There. I'm interested. Halibut for dinner on Sunday. Okay. Uh, what was on the side of that? Oh, I had oysters okay. as, as, as well. That was good. And then my brother recommended. What do you dress on your oysters? You do a little little mignonette, little lemon squeeze. What, just you take it as as it comes. I usually like horseradish, but okay. I didn't ask 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 for that here. So drowns out the flavor of the horseradish, though. I I mean I think horseradish is the most underrated condiment. We can get to that. The this summer. most underrated condiment. Yeah, we can get to that this That's summer. That's interesting. I'm fascinated. We can by get that. to that this this spring and summer. But I am I am huge on horseradish. Yeah. You, you're buying you're buying horseradish stock. Oh, big time! Huge on horseradish. <laughs> Who would okay. you say is the uh, horseradish of the Eagles? Who's the horseradish of the Eagles? Josh Sweat. Although, <laughs> Josh Sweat <laughs> struggling right now. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. Packs uh, a big punch and fades away as the season goes on. Whoa. Okay, there. Uh, we can unpack that. Uh, then, then my brother actually recommended a place near um, Washington's campus. Uh, University of Washington's campus, so you, and of course, you, you know, know that's music. Yeah, to my you, you have no. You could just be walking, and all of a sudden, you're you're like a magnet. You're just like all of a sudden moving in the dire- general direction yeah. of a student union. So went to that, and it was it was good. Uh, he said uh, I would love their cookie, and <laughs> so I you know. Listen, I I've had plenty of cookies in my day. This was just, <laughs> you, uh, just was, a good cookie, not I a mean, great cookie. I mean, Nick, if you're watching right now, and um, yeah. it, it was good, but it wasn't like, <laughs> come on. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't like I've got three meals in Seattle. I got to go get yes, this cookie. Yes, it wasn't. Good. It wasn't that okay. for, for, for sure. And it wasn't even like a warm one. It was. It oh. was just one that they had next to the register. Okay, what's the best road cookie? The best road cookie. Yeah. Ooh. Let me come back to you tomorrow because I, <laughs> I, I probably have a list of. You got a dot, you're an Excel doc? Yeah, exactly. Let's this see. is like one of Dana's spreadsheets. It's just your, all <laughs> just, your, just your cookie, cookie rankings. My cookies on the road, sure. Uh, I, I could probably give you a good one there because I, I do sometimes like uh, Google best cookie and, <laughs> and whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Um, I, I can give you the, I give you my Philly list. But okay, give me your top three Philly cookies. Well, number one for me is the Urban Outfitters Cafeteria. Okay. It's awesome. Um, yeah, down in South Philly, that is awesome. Um, that is that is number one. We'll get to we'll get to more. I I, I we've we've been going on now for eight minutes. I think this is. I mean, I think Eagles fans would agree that like the, <laughs> uh, the distraction of this, this is the best conversation they could possibly get. Yeah, the Urban Outfitters Cafeteria is is definitely my my number one. Your number one for sure. Um, do, you, do you disagree? Have you had that cookie? I don't think I've had that cookie. You've worked down there for X amount of years, and you never had. That I'm not. Cookie? A, I'm not a cookie connoisseur like you. I'm not. Oh. I'm not searching out the cookie. Oh, that is that cookie's worth the destination. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it, and what is it? A chocolate chip? Yeah, chocolate chip. They have the sea salt on it. Okay. It makes it. And is it fresh? It's warm. It's salt. I mean, you can tell when I have that 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 cookie because there might be some remnants <laughs> on my hand afterwards. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and is the chocolate chip the, the the top cookie for you, generally speaking? If it's warm, yes. Although um, I got to tell you, like in the press box on <laughs> in the press box on on Monday, I had the choice between the chocolate chip and the sugar, 
And I'd rather a sugar than a cold chocolate chip. A cold sugar as well. Yeah. Or okay. it's like a room temperature yeah. sugar and a room temperature chocolate chip. I would rather the room temperature sugar. Okay. Like, I like the I like the chocolate chip so that when you break it in half, it's it's the, the chocolates are good. The chocolate yeah, starts yeah. good. You don't want you don't want like a like a, a crunchy chocolate no, chip. No, like no, a I'm, store brand uh yeah. crunchy type deal. I would just eat like a chips ahoy if that was the case. <laughs> well right? that's what I'm asking, yeah. Yeah, no. No, not that. You I you ever I mess like around with like a like a snickerdoodle or uh Yeah, I mean no. you ever, are you do you, you ever make cook bake cookies at home? Emily does. Okay. Um yeah, I mean I would, but but she but she but, she, but you're she a man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Uh, uh, someone says, Bo, tell ZB about the Novacare cookies. Good. Not yeah. Urban Outfitters. Uh, I, the Novacare cookies are very good. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've been. I've, yeah, I've you, like a, you like a famous 4th Street? More about yeah, the, like, the, the, the like dimensions, the size. Yeah, I like uh, a famous 4th Street. We'll blow you away there. Yeah, I, I like a Hopes. Okay. Out of the Hopes. Uh, BG likes it there as well. Oh, that's right. Um, but no, I, I have, I've, I don't want to give away all my spots either. Oh, but one I want to try wow. is I read, I've, I've been reading about the, the Her Place chocolate chip cookie. Uh, and I got to give that a shot. I've, I haven't actually tasted that yet, but I heard okay. it's delicious. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd like to just do the whole show on this. Oh, <laughs> uh, we have a lot of off season. Okay. Time to how film. was your, how about the flight back to Newark? Early, early morning. Yeah. So, well, I'll, I'll say this today. I am feeling, um, I always say, and, and Bo and I've been doing pods for a while. I feel it two days later than the day after. Uh, I think the fact that you have indulged this conversation for 10 minutes says that that's the case. Yeah. I'm feeling it today and I slept a lot last night, but I am, I'm, I'm feeling the sleep. Did you sleep on the plane this time? No, not at all. I slept 30 minutes on the plane and I, so I slept yesterday, a combined, uh, like I can tell you, two hours and twenty six minutes. Okay, so but I you're had you're putting Sirianni to shame. I had you're the burying that guy. I had the adrenaline to I was I was gonna come down and and do like the last fifteen minutes of the show, but I knew you had Baldy on. I at thought the you end. might do that. I, I, no, but I knew I, you had Baldy on at the end, and I couldn't. You, want, would, you didn't want to upstage Baldy. It's not a matter of upstaging it. It's it's like that would throw everything off. Uh, our our staff. Um, and Julia in particular, like worked so hard on this day. And I, I didn't know if, if we had the four person seating, how that would look, it would throw, I was excited to hear you just Baldi's. shove Baldy off. Yeah. And Baldy is a big deal. Right. And so I thought by that point, well, I put it into the GPS and I'm like, all right, I can get there by, I think it was like 4.09. Okay. And I'm like, all you right. didn't know why Baldy might not have been coming on until like, you know, yeah, close but, to 4.30. I mean, I love the terminal. And you can get 4th Street at the terminal, by the way. It's really yes. good. Um, but I didn't know where I was going to park, right? The parking was tough. Yeah. So by the point, by the time I find, I find either a meter or a garage um, and then get to uh, the seat, you're, if I was going to get to there at, at mm. 409, you don't know what traffic's like on the Jersey Shore sure. bike. 420, uh, time for a cookie for you. What's that? You probably get there around 420. It's time for a cookie. Yeah. What's what's relevant? That's your that? insomnia guy. It's the guy that goes back <laughs> to your, your days in, at Syracuse. Yeah. That doesn't go back to my days. <laughs> insomnia does, but not that. Um, so, anyways, I I. So was, were you were you like on in route to Reading Terminal and then you bailed? What was the? No, I put in the, right. when I left the Newark. When I got into the car yeah. in Newark, I put in the GPS for the Reading Terminal, and I'm like four oh nine. 
and I'm doing this in my head. Well, and this of course, if you got the famous lead foot, you could have got there by, you know, 355. <laughs> I was like, this is not, this just won't logistically work. And that's when I texted you guys. So, but to answer your question, uh, people who, who follow me on Twitter or X at ZBerm, they probably saw I was, I was tweeting away on the plane uh, because I was going through my notes. I was transcribing all my stuff. Um, the person next to me, I'm jealous of her. She got, she sat down and like, the, look, I, I get it, the middle seat on a cross country plane, not, it's not ideal, but I need to take notes from her. Sat down. Within a minute of sitting down, she's asleep. She doesn't wake up again. She doesn't wake up again until we landed. Like the entire flight, I'm, I'm in awe, okay? Like no, I'm sitting at the aisle, she's sitting in the middle, no bathroom breaks for her, which is, which is great, that's an aisle seat. Like that is, that's she's, terrific. She didn't get up, no like pushing my elbow off of, no. Uh, she had the face mask, which I pro- or the eye mask, which I probably need. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and she had a pillow, like a, but like she, the didn't, neck pillow or she like... didn't put the pillow behind her neck. She had the pillow on her lap. Oh, interesting. So I don't know if that was like a, a little stable cuddle pillow. Yeah. yeah. And just slept the entire flight. This to me is like more impressive than if Jalen went 25 and 25 for 350 yards and four touchdowns. The Meanwhile, she's flight. probably telling the story of how like she was just sitting there in her seat with her eye mask, with her eyes open. She could peek through a little bit. And this one guy next to her was staring at her the entire time for all five hours. Just like, is she asleep? Is she asleep? Like, <laughs> No, but she, also, she saw all my transcriptions if, if that was the case. Um, so that was impressive. And I, I actually remember Sunset Shaz, after one of the trips, wanted my travel notes. Okay. Okay. Um, and so I'll just give a quick travel note. Uh, the, uh, on my way there, I, I saw someone who was bringing their, well, there, was a, there were a number of people on, on my flight actually bringing pets, which is fine, like, like dogs, which is fine. But this person had, I, I hope I'm not like, they had, uh, insecurity, like when they got out of security, the dog, they were they were holding the dog, okay, <laughs> like not at that point they had a bag for the dog or one of those, but they were the dog was out, they were holding the dog, and then they had like a four year old on a leash. No. <laughs> and I'm like, this, this is, this is the wrong way here, right? They had like, they had a kid who, they were, they, they had the kid on a leash. I'm, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not in like a fog right now about this. Was this on the way back or the way there? The way there in the Newark Okay, airport. so you, it's not because you were sleep deprived. No, uh, this was. <laughs> they had the, they had the kid on a leash. They, the, the kid could have ran. And they could have hugged this kid back. Um, and I'm thinking, like, this needs to be the other way around. Yeah, right? it's, it is. It's the fact that they're they're carrying the dog that really makes yes, that whole thing yes, come together. Yes, carrying the dog and the kid on the leash uh, was uh. was the uh, the end. Like, not to not to um, look. I've traveled with kids. I haven't traveled <laughs> with the dog. I understand it, 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 it can be difficult. It was also a family that had that had like no idea how to use a security line. You know what I'm saying? Like they were thrown now, probably having this dog in a bag and the kid on a leash. I imagine um, there's enough that maybe that was the problem. Yeah. Is that like the, they didn't realize that they had messed up with the kid and the dog? They like they just hadn't. Yeah, this it was, is their first time. They didn't realize that the the leash was supposed to be on the dog. Yeah, the kid had, and I'm not by by no means in my like passing judgment here because about this part of it because you know my kids have things that they uh, like hold on to, right? 
but the kid had to put the stuffed animal that he was holding onto the security belt, and that was that was an ordeal. Okay, I can see that. Um, and uh, but they didn't take the leash off going through the security thing. <laughs> So I, I kept I was behind them and I kept wondering, do they have to take the leash off here? Mm. No, the, the leash it was like the leash stayed on. Um, <laughs> so, but it, it was one of these like 10 minutes through security families. Um, anyways, that uh, that was part of uh, that was part of my travel. And there was one other funny travel note I'm trying to think of that I will I will wait to uh, tell you on. OK, well. What a what a journey that was! And uh, if you uh, you know are looking to get some some special meals for your leash kids, this bustling holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, flavorful meals to fuel you on jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you eat well for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all your holiday to-dos. Cross meal prepping off your list this holiday season with Factor. Skip the hassle of meal prep and get Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals delivered to your door. They're ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy. If you're looking for calorie-conscious options over the holidays that don't skimp on flavor, Try delicious, dietitian-approved, calorie-smart meals with around or fewer than 550 calories per serving. Or if you need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best during the holidays, try Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. This December, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes no prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash eagles50 and use code eagles50 to get 50% off. That's code eagles50 at factormeals.com slash eagles50 to get 50% off. And I wasn't here yesterday, so I have two quick notes before this ad read while I do this. The first one being that my... I told my sister about an ad read last week that she was involved in. She listens back. She didn't mind that, but she said, she said, I hope these, these places appreciate how long your ad reads are because you really get into them. Mm -hmm. And I said, if they're supporting PHLY, I want to support them. Number one. Number two, um, this next ad read, which is wheelhouse cards, and I'm happy to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm a customer, but shout out to Michael, uh, who I said I met in Seattle and his son, Dylan, uh, Dylan's a sports card collector. And when they were in Philly, before uh, they wanted to go to Wheelhouse Cards, and I got a message from, from someone who actually made their Wheelhouse, uh, I believe it was Roger, uh, loyal listener Roger, who went out to Wheelhouse Cards because they heard it on PHLY. And uh, I am telling you that Wheelhouse is the place to go for your sports cards, gift, and apparel in the Delaware Valley. Their motto is Cards and Community because the love of sports unites us all. They carry all of your favorite card brands like Topps, Chrome Baseball, and Mosaic Football, as well as T-shirts, hats, and hoodies from brands like Mitchell & Ness, 47 Brand, Junk Food Starter, and Shot Vintage Sports. If you're looking to grade your sports card collection, Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host tons of different family-friendly events 
events and birthday parties every month. Stop into either of their stores, Wayne or Westchester. Open seven days a week at 11 a.m. Use code PHLY, which gets you $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in store. Also, be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. All right, let's talk Eagles, Zach. Uh, and a bit of news before yes. the show this morning, broken by uh, your boy, Mike Garofolo. What was that news? Yeah, I am uh, uh, broken by my boy, Mike Garofolo. I'm proud to say that. Mike, I doubt you're watching right now, but I hope your family's okay. They've had a little illness going around their oh, house. No. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the news is Landon Dickerson, Eagles starting guard, underwent thumb uh, Was it thumb surgery or... Thumb surgery, right? Yeah, thumb surgery, or is undergoing thumb surgery today. He's expected to miss minimal time and won't be placed on IR. So the key word there is minimal. How long minimal is, we'll see. Is it a game? Is it nothing at all? Can you play through this, having it wrapped up? Uh, certainly something to monitor, but not going on IR means that he's fine for the postseason. Yeah, I would imagine... It means he's going to miss at least one game, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you, you hope this is not a Hassan Reddick situation where you know he plays through it and, and is ineffective. But uh, what is your guess as to how that would mean the offensive line would shake out? Yeah, so my guess is, would you you think you'd see Driscoll there? Who has it? I mean, do you think you see now? Steen doesn't have a lot of experience on at left guard. We saw him he at, took the one snap there in the game, but that was also because Sua was playing right sure. guard. I suppose you could put Sua there. Yeah, I mean, I imagine if we're getting if you're getting Jurgens back. Yes. I mean, I guess they'd go Sua. Sua played an okay game. It seemed like he started slowly, but got better as the game went on. Although he was a little bit at fault on that. Uh, I think the the second and second and seven uh, at the end of the game, or the second to last possession. Anyway, uh, you could do that. You could do Steen. I don't th like Fred Johnson's too big to play yes. there, right? I guess it could be Driscoll. I don't know. What's if you what's your turkeys? What's your turkey spread? Well, you're 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 gonna if you're expecting to miss time, you can go into it planning for that during the week. I guess Sua. If it, but but this is the thing: if you don't know about Jurgens' status, they need to prep Sua for the right side. Right. Uh, unless you want Sua on the left side, where he's played more. I, I, I wonder if it'll be Steen. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'd be good having Steen there. I don't know. I guess uh, we'll find out. I don't have a strong. I mean. I don't have a strong feeling on the left side uh, because we saw more, obviously, work on the right side during camp than the left side. So some of the guys they had on the left side aren't in the building anymore. So. All right. Do you want to talk Jalen first or do you want to talk uh, defensive coordinator first? Let's talk Jalen first. Okay. You've got some Jalen thoughts that you want to, you want to get off uh, your chest. You've been, you've been thinking a lot about this. Taking a swig. Taking a swig. <laughs> taking a swig. A... Sorry. Uh Trying to get what do you got there? Hint. I, uh, you know, I was going to say we don't need to give the free sponsor, but uh, is it, we're a flavored water here. Yeah, flavored water. Okay. If, if I mean, if if they want to support us, mm, please you do. Take the hint. Yeah. Always like a flavored water. You like a flavored seltzer. I like a flavored water. I don't mind a flavored water, but I don't want it to be too sweet. Right. I, I like sweet. Sweet's good. Mm, for we know me. you like sweet. Yeah. Yes, I'm a sweet tooth. <clears throat> um, so Jalen Hurts, who I, I, I I'll preface this by saying. He was, he had an illness the other night that we know. Like, and, yeah. I, and it was an illness that, illnesses can affect you. It affected my performance, um, and I'm not even a quarterback <clears throat> in the Kansas Yeah, I'm City. worried about the, like, one-on-one -on -one you guys had after that game. Like, you know, <laughs> who's, to, who's to say what you're coming home with? Uh, well, I'm not worried about that one. That was a podium. I, I caught up with Jalen one-on-one this past week, and uh, 
I wonder, hope, hope I didn't give him anything. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding there. Um, but yeah, so, so Jalen Hurts, there's been regression this year. Now, regression from what? Regression from an MVP candidate quarterback last year, second in MVP voting. He was awesome last year. And it might be ambitious to expect what you saw last year to him be even better. But <clears throat> the flip side to that is, look, this, this comes with the territory. You're not just anybody. You're, you're the face of the franchise. Um, you're being compensated like it. You're being treated like it. You, you, there's an expectation that you win games because, because you're the quarterback. The Eagles, uh, if you look at their points per game during these last three weeks, and I understand that's a small sample size. If you spread it out, um, it looks different. But these past three weeks, when they've lost three games, um, they're near the bottom of the, of the league in scoring. The team directly above them is a Tommy DeVito-led Giants. The team directly um, below them is a Mitch Trubisky-led uh, Steelers. That's not the company that Jalen Hurts should be keeping. Uh, that's not the company when the offense has returned 9 of 11 players, when you have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, and you have this offensive line. Uh, and I understand that that stretch of games includes San Francisco and Dallas on the uh, you know, you know, Dallas on the road, Seattle on the, on, on the road. It's not as if teams haven't moved the ball against these teams. You, you need to expect more from your quarterback, number one. Um, and then you look at it over the course of the season. Yeah, the numbers are down. Like I said, last year was was a high watermark, and he's been playing with a knee, or he played with a knee injury earlier this year. That affected some of the running stats. Uh, but things like the turnovers, okay, uh, jump out to me. Things like um, you know just just the inconsistency in offensive firepower. If you take away and I know you can't do this. This this comes with it. Like, but if you take away the fourth quarter and overtime of the Buffalo game, you, that is the outlier of these past you know six weeks from Jalen Hurts. These past six weeks have not been good. He has not played like a franchise quarterback during these past six weeks, and that's why you're seeing the offensive struggles. And I think there's been so much attention paid to uh, whether it's the way the defense was playing, or there was this whole Brian Johnson discussion. Uh, going into some of these games, going into the Buffalo game. And, and uh, look, to me, it's, it's the quarterback. It's always I'm, – I'm, I'm a player first guy, and the quarterback needs to ride I, – I said on a show earlier this year uh, that Jalen Hurts is going to make a lot of people a lot of money and that coaches are going to get hired because of him. Uh, receivers and offensive linemen are going to get paid because of him. Like, there is – going to be big business around Jalen Hurts because he brings up the level of, of everyone else. That said, I don't want to hear an excuse that the offensive coordinator could bring him down or something like that. No, Jalen rises. The, the tide rises with Jalen. It, it should. Yeah, Jalen doesn't lower because of other people. Um, and, uh, and this is the point that I've, I've just been thinking about. I, I heard you saying on the show the other uh, yesterday, and you said it to me. I'm sorry, my phone's... Um, my, my watch was ringing. It's not off. Uh, I said on the show... Classic the, technology guy. Yes, as a technology guy. Uh, you made how a, is Bezos, by the way? How is he? Yeah. Didn't you stop by his house the other day? Uh, well, first off, if you follow the news, he doesn't live know, in Seattle. we've already had this conversation. He doesn't live in Seattle anymore. He moved to Florida. We, we've already had this conversation. Uh, you and I? Yeah, about, about him not being the guy anymore. 
Yeah, but also he 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 doesn't live in Seattle anymore. He moved the fuck. Yeah, it doesn't that matter like to me news. where he lives. That was big news. So I couldn't have caught up with him. But I saw, I saw the the day one headquarters, if 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 you will, where he, where he worked when he moved there. Okay, let's get back okay. to Jalen Hurts. Let's. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty amazing that, that 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 company. We'll get to that this summer as well. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, you made a point. Which was you're kind of seeing everything from 2018 to 2020 all happening in a confined period of time, uh, and that's an interesting way of, of framing it. But I I, I think all, I thought in the on my ride back yesterday and my ride to work today and when I was thinking about the show uh, in the shower this morning um, about uh, about. The way I, I covered Carson Wentz, and I always I, I was tough on Carson for 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 a number of things, especially 2020, the 28 the 2019 season for a period of time. But I I think what I kept saying is I've seen this from him. Like when they drafted Jalen and they were going to trade Carson, I said I've seen Carson play as a franchise quarterback. I and I kept clinging to that 2017 season. And I don't want to keep clinging to the 2022 uh, season with Jalen Hurts. You, you have to continue this, 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 this climb. And I think one of the shortcomings I have sometimes in evaluation is when I see it, I hold on to what I saw. You say, and, and you're right, sometimes that I, I kind of overrate big-name players or um, high draft picks. Because sometimes if I see it from somebody, then it's like, all right, I know it's there in them. I know they have it. That's uh, so why I know Jalen can be a top-of-the-league quarterback on a consistent basis. But he hasn't done that enough this year. And I think when you look at some of the symptoms of that, in particular the turnovers, okay? He had two interceptions this past game. I get one was out of desperation there at the end, but it didn't have to be out of desperation. Yeah, I mean, and I, what was the charge that we kept talking about with uh, Carson Wentz? Was Carson kind of played hero ball sometimes, right? That throw to AJ late in the game, you didn't need to do that. Even the throw to Quez in that situation, there's a game management part of it that, that, that you didn't necessarily need to make that throw. So when you look at the accumulation of turnovers, when you look at the... Uh, accumulation of injuries, right? Um, there are some things here that, that you say, like, this is not the same that we saw last season. And there's still a lot of time here, and there have been points this year. The fourth quarter against in the overtime against Buffalo was awesome. Earlier this year, he had a stretch of games where I thought he was just making consistent plays. He was passing the ball better than I've ever seen him pass. Uh, but I... I think that these last three games when you talk about the list of issues you have to say they need more production from their franchise quarterback I, I think that's completely fair to say I think if you are you know there the is Jalen going to be Carson 2.0 is mm -hmm. like a conversation that's a little bit in the, the Philadelphia oh, yeah. zeitgeist yeah um, the things that that I think make me feel like this is much different and I'm not, I'm not worried about that level of a backslide. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there were the bizarre like misfires from Carson. And I, and I, it's hard for me to remember um, the specific differences between like 2018 and 2019 and, and 2020 in my mind. So 2018, but, he was statistically better. 
Okay, he was statistically better, but they the team wasn't winning with him on the right. field, and so that's actually a difference between him and Jalen. But if 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 you remember, uh, they set the team fell to to what five and set up uh, five and seven, I think it was. And that was the Saints blowout loss. Well, then after well they lost the Dallas down there, okay. and then they just decided to sit Carson because of the back right. injury that kept progressing. Okay. But there were like those, you know, like he could he could not throw the ball to a receiver out of the backfield, right? Like mm. there were like uh, wild misfires, and just from like a, an accuracy and mechanical standpoint, there's there's nothing like that with Jalen. Like he's still throwing the ball relatively accurately. Um, obviously, there is the mental toughness aspect to this that that I, I you know. We're not trying to throw Carson Wentz under the bus, but there, there is a a pretty vast difference there with oh, the way Jones I think. Oh, wired the, the the way you want. He right. is, yeah. Um, I also like I some of the Jalen stuff is a little bit like expected reversion. Um, yeah, you can't play that well. And I, you know, I I don't want to say I don't want to put this on coaches versus players. I agree with you that the players bear the the brunt of the responsibility here. Um, you know, it's it is hard to divorce some of. Like what is the offensive structure? Yeah. Um, like like the the interception at the end of the game. I I still cannot get over how stupid that play was. But like, if AJ Brown is right that that was the primary play call, like that he was the primary read on that play, that's not necessarily Jalen's fault. Overcome like, coaching isn't that the expression? Well, sure, but like, what what are we doing there? Um, I, even even this level of play from Jalen, which is you know he he went from being one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the league to now he's probably playing like, you know, one, like, I don't know, the 10th best quarterback in the league or, or somewhere around that level. I think that's still better than, than the drop off you saw from Carson. Um, and I, and I still think there, oh, there's also, you know, there's no head trauma that we're worried about. Like, sure. uh, you know, the back injury versus like the, the knee injury. He's also younger. Um, I'm still relatively bullish on, Jalen Hurts' long-term prospects. Oh, me too. Me too, but, yeah. But yes, I mean, he is he is not playing at the level that they need him to play at. I totally yeah. agree with that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not saying the Eagles have a Jalen Hurts problem. Like, I remember writing specifically in the 2020 season, uh, the headline of the story is, do the Eagles have a Carson Wentz problem? Um, the Eagles don't have a Jalen Hurts problem. Jalen Hurts is a solution here. Like, for this team to make the run that I think, I still think they can, it's, it's going to be because Jalen Hurts is their quarterback, right? Jalen Hurts is the difference with this team. So then conversely, when you lose three games, you you can't keep pointing at, well, the defense or the wide receivers. or You have to look at the quarterback um, because that's why you, it's a cliche to say it's the most important position on the field. But, yeah, like there's a supply and demand thing. The reason why quarterbacks get paid the way they do is because when you have a really good one, it is worth it, and it changes everything. And the Eagles are a 10-4 and four team right now in large part because Jalen Hurts is their quarterback, right? They've, they've won 10 games because he, he made plays to help them win games, and he's a stabilizing force. Um, but the flip side is when you lose three in a row and you're not scoring points, and that's the big thing. You're not scoring points. Two weeks ago, they didn't score a touchdown. Uh, this 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 past week, they scored 17 points. Um, they are not. They haven't scored into the 20s these past three games. Last year, I think they only had two games when they didn't score into the 20s, and one of them, Jalen Hurts, wasn't on the field. Okay, that was the Saints game. The other one, I think, was the Colts game when they didn't score into the 20s. And there's also the you know we have sort of bought into like the you know the, the Brandon Graham. You must not know Jalen like I know Jalen like fourth quarter. Uh, big time play stuff. 
which has just not been the case this season. Like mm-hmm. even the times when he has eventually like led those those game winning drives, there have been times when he had a chance to do it earlier in the game and, and has failed. And you know the Jets game, the 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 Seahawks game yep. uh, this week. Like you go down the list. There are lots of times when he has the ball in a close game with a chance to to you know ice this game away, and some of this is you know the running game is not necessarily doing its job, but he has not necessarily come up huge in, yep. in all of these situations. You know, you're absolutely right, and uh, and 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 that's part of like a, a game management aspect of it. Uh, I I look at it from like a statistical perspective. You are not seeing Jalen near the top of the league in a lot of critical. Um, stats that, that that you can evaluate a quarterback on, and there's other quarterbacks who are having like middling seasons. You know, he's he's around um, like Trevor Lawrence in some of these numbers, and uh, you know Joe Burrow in some of these numbers, right? Before Burrow got hurt, uh, but and I understand there's a running element to to Jalen's game either. But the Eagles need him to be a top of the league quarterback, uh, and I agree with you in terms of the the. Uh, the way he's 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 built, he's what you want in a quarterback. And I also want to clarify too. Uh, I've seen, uh, and I, I don't I don't I don't want to be totally reactive to social media. But even when I read national articles, that that comment about commitment um, has kind of taken on, on a life of its own beyond Philadelphia. Um, and I, I want to acknowledge as someone who listened to the entire press conference. Uh, the context with the context with which he said it, um, first off, Jalen took a lot of responsibility uh, in that in those six and a half minutes after the game. The fact that he totally dismissed two questions about the illness and how he was feeling and basically said he needs to play better. Um, he said it's a, it's irrelevant because they lost. He started it with that. Uh, when he talked about the commitment part of it, uh, it, it, it was, he was kind of challenging teammates, but he also said, we have to make an internal change in how we attack things, how we come to work every day. Starts with the little things, how committed we are to what we're doing, and that all starts with me, the quarterback. Uh, so it's a challenge that I'm embracing, okay? He said, we've lost games because I could be better. That will change everything. I accept that, right? So literally, what he's saying here is what I'm saying here. They've lost games. These games that they lost... They could have won them if their quarterback was playing better. And if their quarterback does play better, it will change the way they're playing. They're they're not scoring enough points to win games. I understand Dallas and San Francisco brutalized that uh, defense. Um, There's no question about that. But overall this season, right, how many times have the Eagles held on to games because – the defense made plays late in the game right. in terms of in terms of closing it out. And you just look, I think the Eagles are averaging 24 points per game this season or or thereabouts. Uh, they beat the Chiefs by scoring 21 points. Did we really expect that to happen? Um, they beat the Rams by scoring 23 points. Uh, they, you know, they in that Patriots game, they they scored 20, they scored 25 points in the defense scored seven of them, right? Um, so there's a lot of games this year when when they're just not putting up enough points. And the person who's mostly responsible for that is not the offensive coordinator. It's not the head coach. It's the quarterback. The quarterback touches the ball on every play. When this team is when this team scored as a, a uh, when they scored 37 <clears throat> points against the Bills, when they scored 38 points against the Commanders, a big part of that was the way Jalen was playing in those games. Well said. 
All right. Well, let me tell you about FOCO because FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. They've got overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game. We've been talking about FOCO since day one on PHLY. FOCO hooked us up and provided some awesome pieces for our sets. FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY10 for 10% off. Zach, you want to tell me about game time? Yeah, I would love to tell you about game time, actually, because I am... I. Uh... I've been in, in the market for tickets uh, for a number of different events. My son's really getting into sports right now and wants to go to some of these games, and I can't take him to football games, so i got to take him to basketball games. No and musicals, though. No musicals. That way you can take him to musicals. Um, <laughs> uh, and, but you can find tickets for musicals as well sure can. on game time because uh, I've been stressed out about trying to buy tickets. I, I've been recently looking up some college basketball tickets on game time some sixers tickets on game time and i'm trying to find the right the, the right price to, uh to take them in at because what's buying, the right price the right price is below market is is is, is below the face value okay. of the ticket um and a good you know they categorize it sometimes by like good deals yeah, sure. right so if if the if the algorithm says this is a this is an amazing oh, well, deal. If the algorithm says it, yes. then Zach is on board. I'm on board. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, and I don't want to be stressed for it. Game time is the best and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. And I would emphasize the sports and comedy of the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. So if uh, I, I think uh, I'll read and I were trying we're looking up like a, a Villanova Marquette game today that uh, depending on if the Eagles are in the Super Bowl or not I'll be able to take them to um, and uh, we're getting hyped for the fun that we'll have okay <laughs> there are flash deals and last minute tickets easy to find and you can buy tickets for every kind of event in your area especially sports and comedy that you can find image of seat views which are important to me because like Look, I'm not tall. We know that. Um, my son, he's he's six years old right now, right? So we want to make sure there's not there's not like obstructed views, okay? Lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get uh, you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. It takes only two taps, okay? And you're set. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. And use code PHLY for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets guaranteed. Lowest price guaranteed, sir. Uh, Zach, now that the, the the dust has settled a little bit on the Sean Desai, Matt Patricia, Swip Swap. Uh, the whole deal. How have your opinions of the way the Eagles handled this whole thing changed? Um, I don't think it's changed. I think I felt it at the time. And it's been reinforced. I, I I don't think they did right by Sean Desai. Now, I'll say this, uh, and it's as like like this is the business they they chose in terms of I I, I hate framing it this way. 
Uh, I heard Robert Sala say it the other day. There's two types of coaches, coaches who have been fired and coaches who will be fired, right? We, we had a show the other day uh, when we talked about a hot seat, right? And, and it, like, it becomes the type of thing where it's the nature of, of this business. And if, if, if your unit is not performing the way you're, the people you report to expect it to, then you know, there are ramifications for that. So it's not a matter of, of like what's fair and unfair. Um, because I think, and I've said this, I think the offense is a bigger problem right now than the defense. Um, but I also look at it like Sean Desai was demoted, however you want to frame it, um, in the middle of last week. And he was kind of like, it wasn't, uh, I, I, I get they don't need to tell us. Right, we're we're not important. The fans are like they're focused on this perception of competitive advantage. Although you saw on on Sunday how much of a competitive advantage it provided, right? I mean, uh, that competitive advantage didn't help them stop Drew Locke on a 93-yard drive. But that's that's that, that's besides sure. the point. But Sean Desai like conducted this press conference last Wednesday, and um, players were like answering questions about. How this defense can improve and we, what like, a poker face from Fletcher yeah, Cox. Yeah, we Fletcher, had him on the show last Tuesday Fletcher, asking him about you know Sean Desai's uh, you know his attitude going through the, this losing streak. Yeah, not a word. Yeah, Fletcher Cox was 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 sitting here like Nick Sirianni's answering questions about uh, like confidence in his coaching staff and so on and so forth, and and yeah, I I, I think the, the the way they handled it was odd. I think it was a reactive. I think it was an overreaction. Um, now, that will bear itself out over the course of time. Maybe they wanted a little more experience there, a different voice there. I totally get that. Uh, but I, I don't think they handled it well um, publicly. And I, I, I think that it's, it's just so odd now, too, to have him. <laughs> he's up in the booth. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I saw um, emasculating. You, know, you guys were joking with me about the picture that I took before the game. He's out in the field before the game. But I saw he was a, you know, uh, he was out of the lock. He was out of the locker room in the food line waiting to get on the bus after the game. And he's he's like filling up his his. But then he's like he's out here. He's out here and he's like doing it's it's just it's just odd. It's it's basically like if if um, if they said to me, uh you know what? We're gonna have Rich do all the Eagles shows instead of you, okay? But we want you to sit there in the booth, in, in, <laughs> and not watch. in the booth. And we want you to sit there with Julia and just watch the shows, okay? Between like at, you know, between breaks or whatever, you can I, I, you can slack Rich some like <laughs> notes on what to say, okay? But in essence, this is gonna be Rich's show. Now we're still gonna call you the host, okay, or or the co-host, right? Right? But but yeah, we're like we're we're not gonna have you do anything that's going to like affect the outcome of the show. All right? It's is it's just gonna be Rich sitting in a seat, and you'll be sitting there with Julia. But but also uh, the viewers are gonna get to see. Uh, uh, there's gonna be a camera on you the <laughs> yes. whole time. Yes. Uh, and we may just intermittently go to it. Yeah, so, so, uh, super chat from real time. I don't really understand this question, Zach. Who has the bigger unit, offense or defense? Uh, well, in terms of players on the roster, my, um, I believe that there are more offensive players right now than defensive players. I have to 
go through that, but I believe that's okay. the case after some of their transactions. I presume that's what you're asking real time. I think the the like lying about who's the defensive coordinator for the uh, purpose of co- competitive advantage is silly. I'm not like a, I'm not offended by it, um, and you can understand yeah. talking yourself into it, especially that week when it's Desai against the Seahawks, a team that is going to know him well, and sure. if you think they're you know digging up all the things they know about Desai to prepare for him. I can I can get there. What doesn't make sense to me is is like if you're doing this and listen, I'm not, you know, I am not in the building. I am not having the same conversations that Sirianni is having and who knows how involved Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie are in this process. From the outside looking in, it doesn't seem to me like he's the problem. They need to they need to fire him and to do it in in this time when you're coming off the difficult stretch and all of a sudden it's setting up for, you know, the easier end of season schedule to make yourself look good. That's a little bit uh makes me feel uneasy. All of that said, if if Nick Sirianni, like, you know, his job is to do what he thinks is best for the team, like you said, this is the yeah. business they've chosen, and if he thinks that Matt Patricia is going to give them a better chance, yeah. To you know, go deep in the playoffs than Sean Desai. That's his call. He can make that decision. The keeping Desai around and not just saying, "Okay, we are making a change. This is what we're doing." That is what is bothersome to me. Um, like, do it or don't do it. Mm. And it's not even from a uh, like this is not fair to Desai standpoint, which you know, it, they're certainly making him look terrible. It's from a like be confident in your decisions standpoint. Like, are you, are you doing this or not? Um, and it, it, it's like, it makes them look ridiculous. It's this, like this Mickey Mouse stuff that is, I just, I don't get it. And it's also hard to believe that this is not coming from a place of like sort of self-preservation because like you said, the, like the offense has not been pulling their weight. The personnel on defense is not looking like it was, well designed and so like to say that this is a scapegoating it's it sure looks like that yeah i mean it happened uh the week it happened the days after the eagles failed to score a touchdown the first time in the nick sirianni era okay and then they then the following game against seattle when uh the the offense scores 17 points right uh so i'm not suggesting that the offense needs to make changes i'm i'm saying what that it does strike me as I think I think you use the analogy better than me. Like, don't look at the burning building over here, um, you know, when because I'm I'm making this change over here. Right. But all that said, it did get Patrick Johnson on the field a lot more, and so you, you got to feel good about that. Yeah, I spoke to Dave Zingari. I was sitting next to me. I'm like, Patrick Johnson must be loving this movie. <laughs> like that was the that was the, the the key to unlocking the defense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Nolan Smith is back down to nine snaps, but we got Patrick Johnson on the field for the first time on defense all season long. Yeah, it's like Matt Patricia. You know, Nick Sirianni calls him in and says and, and says, Matt, how do we fix this? And he says... Two words, baby. Patrick Johnson. <laughs> okay? Let's, no shade on Patrick Johnson. Let's but. get this guy playing off ball, and boom, we'll, 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 we'll be all set. No, uh, yeah, wild stuff. No, in, in terms of... Now, I also don't think that the decision, like the uh, evaluating this decision should be judged on how do they do in the Seahawks game, sure. right? You're making the, the call yeah. because you think it's going to be best long term. So if the defense in the playoffs yeah. looks better than it did against, you know, the Cowboys and the Niners, then, you know, maybe there was something to it. But 
you know, I, I still find it hard to believe that, you know, Matt Patricia, who has a track record of not really, you know, leading great defenses, 10 years, no top 10 DVOA defenses. Like, I don't know. Well, so but, like, and, but and also, you like, didn't made... you hire Sean Desai because you believed, I don't yeah. know, maybe they learned some things yeah. and maybe the interpersonal yeah. dynamics were not great. Who knows? But the point you just made is a fairly apt one, too, because um, you're thinking postseason here, right? You're thinking, like, what's, what's, what's going to help us win games in, in January? And so based on that, you shouldn't have an overreaction to the San Francisco and Dallas game because very well could be that Sean Desai saw what didn't work in those games and he makes adjustments. Mm. And you do have, at the point that they made this transaction, or not transaction, decision, a 13-game sample size that I actually think Desai's defense showed some promise against Miami and showed some promise against Kansas City. Um, and there are things that they need to do better, and I didn't like... Um, now, my guess is that they wanted to make some adjustments, like either scheme-wise or personnel-wise, that maybe Sean Desai was resistant to. Uh, and... You know, when you're in that position, you answer to somebody, right? You're in charge of the defense, but you answer to the head coach who answers to people above him, right? So there's there's a handful of, of different things that, that could be at play here, and I get that as well. I just – I don't think that this was a – I think the, the way this was handled – and again, I, I don't want to get into um, – I don't want to make too big a deal of, like, how it's presented publicly, Uh but the other side of it, too, is, is, uh, is how it's presented publicly is also how it's perceived elsewhere. It's how it's perceived around the league. It's how it's perceived by other coaches. Uh, it's how it's perceived by players. And so there is that component of it that I, I don't think can be it's a, it's As uh, Sunset Shaz is wont to say, it's a repeated game, right? So yeah. uh, the reputation here matters. Yeah. That said, like, there are only 32 jobs. Sure. Th this specific marketplace... You know, and Jeffrey Lurie is known to pay coaches very yeah. well. I don't think this is going to come back to bite them in a, in a major way. But it's certainly, I would imagine, perceived as uh, really specifically making Desai look bad. Yeah. And if it, it, it could have been the type of thing that you had two bad losses. You needed to send some type of message. And You see, you that, that I hate. Okay. That's yeah. the stuff that... The, yeah. If you think that... This that Patricia is going to give you a better chance in the playoffs running this defense than Desai. Fine. If it's if this is like, you know, we lost two, we got blown out by two straight games. Heads need to roll. That's bull to me. Like, yeah, that's grow up stuff. Yeah, I I am I am I am with you there. And and the other part that and I that comes back to the the steadiness of the hand thing that I'm talking about. And like you know. We've talked about Nick Sirianni has, has like all these highs and lows. And like, is that built to, to last over the long run? Is this guy going to burn out? Like if, if he's making, if this is, if this is his decision, which we don't know that it really yeah. is, like the, the volatility there would worry me. And the other thing that I don't like is if is, and I, I don't know this to be true, and this isn't speculating, if, if Patricia was there as the kind of fail-safe option all along, right? Like, it, or I should say the break glass option. If this doesn't work, you go to that. Um, I don't like that either because that's not showing much confidence in your hire. But I think that's a thing that we've known that they've, they've done before. I think, they, sure. I think they think that way. I actually, I actually don't mind that, though, because you want to you like plan, plan for, uh, okay. you know, worst-case scenarios, right? You want to be prepared. But, 
yeah, it's not it's not ideal. I also think I, I mentioned this yesterday, but in evaluating like the the uh, defensive staff last year versus the defensive staff this year and the coaching and like obviously there are the changes in personnel, but I also think maybe maybe we don't make enough of it's not just a new coordinator, but it's a new linebackers mm-hmm. coach, a new secondaries coach, both of those guys who were thought to be you know highly respected at their positions. Good point. Yeah, yeah, good point. I, I mean. One of them, you know, your linebackers coach got a defense coordinator job. Your secondary coach interviewed for, you know, defense coordinator jobs in the past. Uh, and, and and part of it's the timing when you're a Super Bowl team and there's coaching changes thereafter. You, sure. you know, you're not in, in position to make some of these decisions. But they they hired a linebackers coach and a D-backs coach who don't have, you know, position coaching experience. And I'm not, I'm not saying you need to have experience. You can always hire an up-and-coming person, right? I mean, I mean, Nick Rallis didn't have linebacker coach experience when he was the linebacker's coach. Right. And, and he was, by all accounts, like someone who was really impressive. Um, but this is also, this this goes to, to a, a question we discussed during the offseason, and we've seen it with Andy Reid, and we've seen it with Doug Peterson, is that one of the biggest challenges a head coach makes is how do you replace your staff? And yes. It's it's the price of success. The price of success for Andy Reid was all those guys who, who went on to becoming head coaches. The price of success for Doug Peterson was you know losing uh, your offensive coordinator and your quarterbacks coach, right? And what's your plan when that happens? The biggest decision that the biggest decision that um, Nick Sirianni made was defensive coordinator this offseason. You can say offensive coordinator because that's the play caller, uh, but it's you're still running Nick Sirianni's you're still running Nick Sirianni's offense. Um, the biggest decision is when you have an offensive head coach who's as involved as, as Nick is is your defensive coordinator. Nick intentionally went outside the building. Um, he hired someone who had one year of coordinator experience, and you gave him 13 games. Uh, and you're 10 and three when it happens, and, and it happened after two bad games. But and and, and you. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like, this this eats into Nick's equity a bit that this move was made. I agree. All right. Uh, let's close the book on Goose Wisely, Zach. Uh, Zach, you had Reed Blankenship plays. Nailed it. Point for you. I had Rashad Penny plays. No, di- no dice for me. One nothing. Uh, you had Quez Watkins tops his season average in receptions, which was 1.2. Did not happen. I had DeAndre Swift tops his season average in receptions, which was 2.7. Also did not happen. He had two. Uh, you Which had, is kind of tough for you because he had, I think, two passes that were, they were backwards. That were backwards. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's okay. Uh, you had DK Metcalf tops 100 yards receiving. Did not happen. I had any player has zero yards from scrimmage. That did happen. Drew Locke, negative rushing yards mm. in the game. So 1-1. You had A.J. Brown has more receiving yards than DK Metcalf. I had A.J. Brown has fewer receiving yards than DK Metcalf. I got that one. Two to one me. Uh, you had your goose wisely on Pete Carroll runs onto the field during a play. I didn't, re- I didn't see this, but there were a p- bunch of people tagging me that it did happen. So you got that one, doubled it. And I had Jalen Hurts fumbles or throws an interception. Obviously that happened. So uh, two for each of us, four to three, me. You had the Eagles win the turnover battle. Didn't happen. I had Jalen Hurts fumbles. Didn't happen. You had Zach Charbonnet has more rushing yards than Randy Johnson had career RBIs, which was 40. Didn't happen. I had the Seattle QB, whoever it is has more passing yards than Jay Buhner had career home runs, 310. Also didn't happen. Four to three going into the last one. 
You had the Eagles score fewer points than the average. Seattle allows 24 and a half. That was a, that was a golden goose. Two points for you. I had the Eagles win by double digits. You come back on the golden goose. You snag the victory, and you bring it back to, I think, 7-5 and five on the season with three games left. Still alive. Still alive. That's, that's, that's what I want. I want a chance. It was a bad job by me. I think I did the, I did the golden goose on that last one. Just a, a, a catastrophic error. Yeah, the season's not over. And until that whistle blows, you keep playing. And that's, that's what I uh, strongly believe in, and that's what I'm doing here. So still a chance to turn this around. Could require a little Christmas miracle, but that's what this time of year is for. Uh, and on the split team drafts, you had the uh, Seahawks quarterback, the Eagles running back, the Seahawks wide receivers and tight ends, the Seahawks tackles, the Eagles interior offensive line, the Eagles uh, front four, the Seahawks linebackers, the Eagles corners, and the Seahawks safeties, plus the Eagles special teams. I had the, the reverse of that. I don't really know how to, uh, how to differentiate this one. I think I won. Why? Uh, well, Drew Locke out, outplayed Jalen Hurts. Did he outplay him? I mean, he had one good drive. He otherwise was, like, untrusted in that game. He also, like, nearly threw, like, eight interceptions. <laughs> I, think Jalen, I think he outplayed Jalen Hurts in that game. I don't know um, he outplayed him. You get the advantage at, <coughs> excuse me, you get the advantage at running back. I thought, I thought, I thought Ken, Ken Walker, Walker looked, looked good. Yeah, good. I thought, yeah. You're a Wake Forest guy there. Um, That's right. Uh, I thought the Seahawks receivers on that last drive in particular, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's one of these things that I, I actually could have, I, I could have been in the Monday night football booth because you know how, uh, the, uh, big flex. Yeah. Well, well, you know how there's like that announcer curse. Well, mm. I turned the Dave Zingaro before the drive and I'm like, I'm like, you know, what's kind of gone unnoticed here? Uh, James Bradbury's done a really good job on DK Metcalf this game. <laughs> and I said that DK at that point. Before the last drive? Before the last drive. Yeah, DK he had, up three, three catches. Yeah, yeah. DK was not really affecting him. And the Eagles yeah. had Bradbury playing both sides. And then I actually thought early in that drive, um, a critical play that probably isn't getting that much attention. But uh, when, when. The uh, weird one? Yeah. I thought Bradbury made a real good jump on the ball. Yeah. And. I thought like he, he read it. He could have had the interception. And DK basically played defense on, on, on that play and somehow like, like ended up with it on his... Do you, would you, if you're Matt Patricia, would you have James Bradbury continue to be an every-down player right now? Oh, yes, definitely. Do you disagree? I don't know. I, I think that James Bradbury probably gives you the best chance for an interception. I think he's the headiest okay. player. Um I would be selective in the way that I use him, I think. I, 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 I want to see more from Ringo and Ricks uh, on the outside. Okay. Now I thought they both played decently. I thought they both played decently, too. And I, this goes to the conversation we had at the end of the show yesterday with Baldy. I, I think there are investments to be made down the stretch here for those guys if you want to be able to lean on them in the playoffs. Now, you're expecting Slay back, obviously. But, I mean, I, I probably would continue to play Bradbury, but I wouldn't mind seeing... Ringo and Ricks both on the field more and even Bradbury you know I know the slot thing is not great for him but like I'd rather see those three guys I don't I don't necessarily need to see Bradley yeah, so Roby. I know I say players not plays right that third and ten what Bradbury's explanation was is that he was playing the sticks that was the assignment there and which one the the Metcalf on the touchdown on the touchdown on the Jackson Smith and Jigba he was playing the sticks and, and Jigba Smith and Jigba ran by him 
um, that there was no safety help over the top there, um, which again I I assume we'll talk to Patricia this week. I, I think so. I think it's got to be. Yeah, I'm curious his explanation on that last play in particular. But yeah, so Bradbury was I I <coughs> I guess they thought Seattle was going to try to just get the first down and keep that drive alive. He was playing the sticks, and he said he he said he ran by him. Hmm. There you go. All right, uh, that'll do it for this episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast. We are back tomorrow at 10 a.m. again. Uh, I think we're going to have Devon Givens join us because uh, Devon's going to be with me on Christmas Day for the post-game show. So we want to we want to get him involved, get him in the mix, you know, introduce him to the PHLY Eagles audience, uh, and we'll have a, a good time with that. And then on Friday, we'll be joined again by Dayniz. So a uh, packed week as we move along with this Eagles season. Uh, for Zach and Julia, we thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, we love you. Y'all silly like the mayor.